BorderCast podcast is a product of BorderCast.com. We are a dedicated team of meteorologists that provide weather forecasts, discussions, and analysis specific to Boulder County. If you want to receive email notifications for our posts, look for the subscribe button on our homepage. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at BoulderCast. If you have questions or comments or would like to suggest a topic for future shows, message us at contact at BoulderCast.com. BoulderCast, a Boulder take on weather. Hello and welcome to the BoulderCast podcast. Matt, Ben, and Andy are here joining you. Good to be back, guys. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to episode 20. Woo. Woo. Yeah. I feel like uh, we always say this, but we haven't seen you in a while, Matt. <laughs> Not as long as we haven't seen Joseph on the show. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's the life of a, of a graduate student and a researcher. Yeah. So you said you've been up to... Uh, You've been reading some new, work on your research, and you said you found some new, you've been working on some new stuff? Yeah, um, so, uh, you know, of course, of course, I always have my research, and my res- the, the bulk of my research focuses on uh, observing low-level convergence and complex topography, and the, ca- and the cases I'm looking at right now um, focus over the, uh, the Colorado Front Range, so that's the bulk, that's my research, but... I've been last week and this past Monday. I was doing research for a uh, a class project and presentation, and our instructor wanted us to do a mock proposal for a field project that is gonna be proposed shortly. I'm not exactly sure when, but it's called Vortex Southeast or Vortex SE. And basically, it's like Vortex 1 and Vortex 2, which were field missions to um, determine how tornadoes form out in the Great Plains environment. Except now, Vortex SE would be the same thing, except in the southeastern United States. And so, um, my partner and I, we um, did some research on it, and I... You know, also did some research on it to, you know, figure out, okay, when's the best time to deploy instrumentation and um, what years would be best. And I, I figured, okay, well, I remember back in my, my heydays of forecasting that El Nino years are typically big, big years for severe weather in the southeastern United States, but not necessarily, you know, all throughout the El Nino season, but I recall La Nina being a big deal mm-hmm. for the southeastern United States. So I read a couple papers on the on you know the correlations between tornado report statistics and uh, and La Nina and El Nino, and um, found some interesting correlations, which I'll uh, get into for our next podcast. Yeah, actually. yeah. So stay tuned Don't for spoil that. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what have you been up to, Ben? Just Ubering away there, I guess? Yeah, not too much. Nothing real exciting. Can't talk about any cool weather related no. <laughs> stuff from class or anything. <laughs> Some of us are graduated. Well, you have your degree, so congratulations again. <laughs> yeah, it's better than going to school. 
I, I would know. I have to agree with that. It's definitely yeah. It's good. I mean, what do you think, Andy? Is it is it better? I think graduated. I think so. <laughs> you don't miss school at all. You come home from work. You don't have to think about research. Yep. You can just I relax. Relax on the weekends. I take a little bit of home. <laughs> I mean, I do still think about I it. Come yeah. up with good ideas. In the shower. <laughs> good business Sleeping. ideas. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Do to fix my stuff the next day. But yeah, just come home on the weekend and you don't have to think about doing work unless you feel like doing it. You don't have to check your email, which obviously you're not really supposed to. As a no employee, you're not supposed to check it on your on your um own machine. On your on your cell phone. You're not supposed to check it. Really? But from what I heard Maybe I shouldn't say this because I could maybe get him fired. <laughs> but, nah. but but everybody checks their phone. Everybody checks their email on their phone. Even yeah, though you're, on my phone. Even though you're not supposed to because they're afraid of viruses and something like that. Sure. Viruses? I think they're afraid of people, you losing your phone and having confidential information out there. I think it's something like... Why would it be viruses? Well, something I guess that would hack on your phone and then maybe... Uh, go onto their server. Oh, uh, okay. But the chances of that, is, well, maybe it's high. I don't know. But you're more likely to I think get. They're worried about security. Not yeah, it's security. Yeah. I don't I know. Maybe. Back when I was there, they wouldn't let you forward your Noah email to to your Gmail account for one reason or another. Yeah, they still have that now. Even yeah. though I got I got the guy to do it for me. <laughs> yeah, and I remember because no account was bad. I remember when I volunteered at the National Weather Service. Anytime I wanted to uh, save data or save something, you know, some sort of progress while I was, you know, working on something there, I always had to email it from my NOAA email account mm-hmm. to my university email account, so then I could get access to it again. Yeah. So. Should have had that forwarding set up. I know. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it weird how, uh, like, everything's gone to Gmail? Yeah. Like, yeah. no, it didn't used to be Gmail. Now it is. It's all Gmail, CU yeah. is never Gmail. Oh. Now it is. And Uber's Gmail. <laughs> Gmail oh, wow. everything. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's like everything is on Gmail. When I was an undergrad, my uh, I went to South Alabama. So my email was at... Jaguar one, Jaguar is our mascot. Dot U South Al. Dot edu, not wow. Google at all. Yep, it was terrible, and our interface was terrible too. Yeah, yeah, that one of my undergrad was bad too. It was like Squirmail. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. So bad. You can still have a uh, like. Like CU does, how they have the normal email, but yep. it's, it's back end is Gmail. Excuse me. At least the interface. Did you ever have uh, an AOL email account? I do. I still use it. You still use it? <laughs> <laughs> My parents still use it. Does America wow. Online exist Impressive. I don't think as a, um, I think they're like a marketing company now. Really? Okay, so they're not. They but they still have, have email own. for sure. Okay. And they have. Instant Messenger still exists. Really? But, I mean, they're not serving dial-up internet. No. <laughs> Logging on to dial-up. <laughs> I don't know. Unless they're owned from owned by Yahoo now. Maybe Yahoo owns them. But maybe not. Because Yahoo know. has its own email, too. So, probably not. But I don't know uh, what's up with Yahoo. 
I don't even use Yahoo anymore. I saw they bought Flickr. I think it was Flickr. Or was it Tumblr? I don't know. Flickr was a good one. I think it's Flickr. Isn't that when you log on to <laughs> Flickr? I think it's like, Flickr, a Yahoo company. <laughs> it says on the top. I heard there was Tumblr, one or the other. But, yeah. How the world's changed. Indeed. Now Gmail is everything. Taking over the world. Trust Gmail. Taking over the world. (laughs) Yeah, Gmail. Monopolizing email. Oh, yeah. One step at a time. (laughs) It doesn't have a lot of features, though. It does. Yes, it does. You can change your background. Yes, you can. It demolishes Outlook from Microsoft, but I don't even know what else exists. Yahoo is probably really bad. Yeah. I still use Yahoo. Yahoo gets more spam, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Google has a better spam. Hotmail, too. Oh, really? Yeah, Hotmail is... I, I think that's Isn't about that as bad one? as Yahoo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the same as Outlook? I guess Outlook came from Hotmail. Yeah. But you can still have a Hotmail account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's running on Outlook servers. They're on <laughs> Azure. Well, what have you been so, up to? Um, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, mostly been doing research. Um, we're working on trying to improve weather forecasting and uh, we had we found out this week while my supervisor was basically in Miami Monday through Wednesday of this week and I think maybe every so often one of us is going to go down to Miami like for a week at a time and kind of interact with the 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 group down there so basically we have two research groups, one in NOAA in Boulder and one at AOML in Miami, which is like the hurricane center down there. And so we focus on improving storm forecasts of like extratropical systems. They mm-hmm. focus on improving hurricane forecasts. No. So they want us to kind of go down there. Some of them will come up here every so often, get to know what they're doing. They get to know what we're doing. So kind of interesting so i've never been to miami and wait it's not miami of ohio is it no it's florida yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna trick you into that i'm sorry you have to go to miami the temperatures are in the 80s still and we're oh. in december <laughs> yeah and it's humid yeah apparently we would go there in the winter and they would come up here in the that sounds a little fishy they would come up no wait we would uh, I don't know. They would come up here when it's nice, and we would go down there when it's nice. So. Why do they even care? So. Why do they want to escape this? <laughs> so they want to come in our summer. Um, and we're gonna, you're going to go in the winter, which is okay, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, it's better. you're better off in the winter. You know, that really begs to ask, though. Is there really ever a nice time to go to Miami? I mean, it's always hot and humid. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was there in March once, and it wasn't, it wasn't hot and humid. Really? I mean, yeah, it was like the coldest time they ever had. They, like they got years. they got their occasional <laughs> cold front move through. Yeah, I think it was like low sixties for highs. Oh, really? And like, I forget, like all the animals were dying or something. That's a, well, like pythons, and, like the snakes and stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. What, that was on yeah. the news. But well, I remember being cold and like on the beach. Upper sixties is a rarity in, on South Beach. Really, anywhere in South Florida. Yeah. <laughs> So that's funny. This is like, what year was that? 2010 in like 
February. So Andy, while you out. while you're down there, um, you know we're we're gonna be up here, you know, inundated uh, in snow, and you're gonna be on the beach getting a suntan. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be je- I'll be jealous of the snow. Wait, <laughs> do you know when you're going? You don't even know. No, you I don't know, know yet. This is when you're going? this was just a meeting she had with the head of the hurricane center down there. So wait, is it tied in with the University of Miami? I or believe Miami? so. Yeah, I think so. Is it the same place? Uh, I don't know. On the island. I don't know. Steiner would probably know <laughs> I that. that. <laughs> I, t- I toured the University of Miami. <laughs> I mean, it could be, yeah. It was on yeah. an island. It probably it was awesome. It probably is. But it was. So yeah, cool. these are just setting up logistics and stuff. So cool. I probably wouldn't go anytime soon. Probably maybe not till spring. I'm guessing. I don't know. Interesting. Maybe not at all. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, it looks oh. it looks good. So hopefully you get to go some. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. Yeah, for sure. Apparently that guy, well, apparently my supervisor knows the head of the hurricane center there. So she knows quite a bit of people. So it's good to network, I guess. Sure. A little bit. So, yeah. But speaking of Noah, I have a few stories. Okay. A few few funny stories. (laughs) Let's do it. So when I first started there in June, uh, uh, Ben probably knows this story, but I might as well tell it on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all so, ears. So when I first started there in June, um, basically the first few months, I would notice that there were a lot of a lot of doors um, that were squeaky. Uh-huh. So like uh-huh. a lot of like the restroom door was squeaky when you would open and close it, and then like the stalls were squeaky whenever you would open the stall. And so being obsessive like I can be sometimes. <laughs> It got to be, like, kind of annoying. Yeah. It, even, like, a lot of random doors in the hallways were, like, you come up the steps and, like, open up the door and be like, Ehh! or something like that. <laughs> Did you take matters into your own hands? So. You broke uh, the door off. So, a few. <laughs> so, a few. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so, a few months ago, I took matters into my own hands. Oh. And <laughs> I brought WD-40 from home. And, uh. One day when I was, most people, well, basically my door, the room to my door was squeaking. So I fixed that first because that was annoying. Every time you open up my door uh, in the morning hours, it'd be like making a weird squeaky sound. So I fixed it with WD-40. Now it doesn't squeak. (laughs) (laughs) And then... uh, You would. And like a month or so ago, uh, like when everyone was gone on a Friday, like... 5 30 6 p.m or something yeah i went to the bathroom and fixed the stall that was uh squeaking you got the wd-40 there no I, I still have it in my office in case <laughs> i need it you never know you might have like a squeaky desk drawer andy i found a few other doors that i could probably fix one of these days you better get reimbursed for that yeah you used that was like two drops think about that <laughs> i mean that that's i mean you bought that out of out of your pocket, right? Yeah, it's probably about three years ago. So it's... I've got my money's Cost worth money. out of that. <laughs> yeah, but... You you used it on the job. Yeah. Well, I mean, no one else was going to fix it, so... Well... <laughs> it's yeah. probably been squeaky for years. Even when Ben was probably there, it was probably squeaky. <laughs> I remember squeaky doors. <laughs> but... Must not have bothered you, I guess. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> No, so, I, I can understand. 
I can understand the the complaints there because imagine if you're if you're trying to do research and then out of nowhere you hear this long three second squeak <laughs> in your ear yeah. as you're trying to focus and it's just obnoxious sounding. It is. I can see how that can become an issue. Was uh, it close just annoying. Or just whenever you go to the bathroom, you hear, you hear this thing. Just annoying, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. I can be obsessive like that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. The other story is uh, I biked for the first time to work today in a long time. and uh, That sounds hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty windy, but... Um, Did you stay on your bike? Yeah, I've seen worse days. Okay, good. Yeah. But, uh, so, basically, guess how many people that were biking were uh, were also wearing shorts. So, I wore shorts, and take a guess how many people, how many other bikers were wearing shorts. Zero. Ben? Two? No, one. Yeah, one. I saw one person. (laughs) Yeah. Good job, Ben. I know how to guess it. I never see anyone wearing shorts. Guess how many people looked at me while I was biking. Uh, <laughs> pretty much everybody everyone yeah, yeah i bet what do you mean uh, everyone looked at you like where well i mean like people in their cars people in their cars people biking uh pedestrians that really gets to me man it they was looked- basically in the 50s i left around 60s. like 8 eight Boy, thirty. were they looking at you in disgust or just looking at you no i think they were just like Whoa! There's surprise. What in shorts? In, in Boulder? <laughs> yeah. I basically had shorts, a t-shirt, and I had this fleece over me, and it was fine for me. And, you know, so. Yeah, I think I'd look at people whenever they're wearing short <laughs> sleeves. But it, I mean, the sun this was time of year. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. The sun was Especially, up though, and it was nice. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I was wearing shorts today. <laughs> I, 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 look at me. I'm wearing shorts right now. <laughs> I'm wearing pajamas. So. <laughs> yeah, he, he bikes Andy. in shorts, but he gets home with pants on. Yeah, <laughs> is wearing pajamas. It's a but sad yeah. affair. Yeah. That's, that's pretty funny. On the job. So, yeah. So that's my story, and uh, we might as well get into the podcast. Well, I got one more funny story. Oh. Uh, right. It's not funny, but... I just thought about it. Go ahead. Did anyone see my post on Facebook about the Avalanche game? Nope. Oh wait, yes, yes. About the about the obnoxious drunk girl, like, drunk girl at the hockey at, yeah. in the front row in front of the glass, <laughs> holding on to the poster. Yes. I don't know if it's a good podcast cast story, but go for it. I can tell it, I guess. <laughs> so we got there, and I was I was there pretty early. And I was sitting in the second row, back from the ice or whatever, and, like, right before the game started, this drunk girl showed up, and she could, like, barely walk, and she, like, stumbled into her seat, and she was being so loud and obnoxious. Yeah. And she was carrying a sign that said, Sidney Crosby is so fucking hot. (laughs) Oh, was, I wonder it, what that's supposed to be. It had, like, hearts on it, and it, was, and it was glittered and everything. And she was holding it, and then, like, she was just being loud and obnoxious the whole time. And then, like, in the first... And behind me, there was, like, this family with this, like, little boy between them. And they were, like, watching the game, and the, they were all Penguins fans, too. And this girl was a Penguins fan, obviously. And 
She was just so drunk. So wait, wait, wait. The family was also Penguins fans. Yeah. Oh wow. Our whole section was Penguins fans. No kidding. It was pretty crazy. How how did that? I mean, what wow. is wrong with the? Colorado I mean, it wasn't one hundred percent, but yeah, but it still. was weird. We had like a really Penguin section. Like our section was starting chants and like cheers. <laughs> and we had like the most like whenever the Penguins scored, our section stood up. Well, the of course. Mo- I mean, like our whole section was like standing up and cheering and like celebrating. Like there was like a little bit, a few people here this, and there. This isn't. But on- it was crazy. Yeah, but yeah, this is an ongoing trend at Avalanche hockey games. It really it's like, is. You see, you see, like five thousand, like roughly a fourth of the stadium is filled with the other team's fans. Like yeah. I, whenever the Rangers were in town, yes, I was there. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm a Rangers fan. But yeah, there were five thousand others too. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a combination of the avalanche being pretty bad. Yeah. And also a high amount of transplants. That's very true. Sorry, Mo- guys. Moving to Colorado. I moved here for you. I mean, that's ago. us, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I go to the Penguins games and cheer for the Penguins. You go to the Rangers games and cheer for the Rangers. So. And Andy goes. I root for the Blues. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's three so. examples. And think how many other hundreds and thousands of yeah. people so. weren't born here. So, back to your story. Oh, back to the story, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, nice. there was a nice family behind me, yeah. and more or less this girl was, during the game, she kept putting her sign up whenever, like, there was action in play. Like, you're not allowed to hold signs up during the game. Because, <laughs> like, you can't see, like, it was, like, right in front of me. I couldn't see. Uh, yeah. And the little boy was, like, couldn't even see over my hat, so he couldn't <laughs> see past my hat or the sign. <laughs> Seems pretty small, but... Bless his heart. But, and then, like, the usher, like, everyone was, like, bitching at this... Sorry, swearing at this girl and <laughs> like making fun of her and like getting in like fights with her. Wow! And, like I don't know, they were making all kinds of comments. She had like bleach blonde hair and like somebody's like, "Man, that peroxide must have damaged your brain or something." <laughs> and then they're like, "Wait, you don't have a brain?" <laughs> oh, like, oh wow! Like <laughs> Jeez, it was pretty brutal. That was brutal. And then they're like, "You're not representing Pittsburgh." Show some class. Wow. <laughs> but it, it got brutal. But uh, anyways, the, usher, the little usher was like a tiny little lady. It had to have been like 70 years old. She wasn't doing anything. It was getting rowdy. It seemed like she was calling in backup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, regardless, she kept holding this sign up. And finally, the dad behind me and from the little family was like, uh, my son can't see the game. Can you put your sign down? And he like threw some swear words in there. <laughs> and the girl wow. turned around she's like if you weren't so cheap your family could actually sit in the first row and your someone would have to worry about seeing around a sign wow <laughs> that's br- that's or bad. something like that it was that's pretty, not cool something like you're too cheap to get your family first row seat you got third row <laughs> something like that and then and then uh, there was more swearing and cursing and then she was still holding her sign up and then finally her mom got so pissed her mom like went down to the end of the row and came back down their row. <laughs> we were near the end, but she walked over like two people and she got there and grabbed grabbed the sign from the girl and started like smacking her with it over the head. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they were like shoving each other. And then like these like people in blue luster suits like descended on them. I wonder <laughs> on the fight and like them and uh like broke it up. Did you know they got did kicked you, out and then Did you notice if there were any uh you know Avalanche fans or Penguin fans applauding? During it, yeah, I mean, it was kind of. I was literally in this. <laughs> they were like sitting in front of me, and like that was just crazy. I don't really know if people are. I don't know if people are cheering. I guess. 
<laughs> Their whole section was like drunk. I don't know. It was weird. Interesting. <laughs> so, but it was crazy, and we never saw the girl again. And she came with like maybe a boyfriend or something, and he left too. Wow. <laughs> he wasn't. He was pretty drunk too. He wasn't like obnoxious though. So. uh Wow. But anyways, that was the worst experience I ever had. So did you? Landscape. So were the tickets reasonably priced <laughs> for where you were sitting? Yeah, I mean, it's like a hundred bucks. Okay, yeah, it's pretty good for where you're sitting. Yeah, and by the time <clears throat> I bought them, I got back in July. Yeah, yeah, you have to. <laughs> so I think they went up to like 160 or something at this point. Makes so. sense. Wow. I don't know, but it was pretty good. But yeah, that was just crazy. That's crazy, yeah. That girl, man. She was I nuts. Always, I always thought fans were more rowdy up top, but maybe down below they're more rowdy. Perhaps. <laughs> Yeah, I've never, I've always sat in the uh, in the upper bowl for hockey games, with the exception of one time. And that one time, oh, really? I was sitting on the top row of the lower oh, deck. Oh man, it's like not even worth it in that case. Yeah, I know, but we got free tickets for that game, oh, yeah? so you know, couldn't couldn't turn them down. But I, I've always wanted to sit right on the glass oh, just to check it. I've out. never been first row. Yeah, I always sit in second row. Is there? I don't I wonder, know if it's just hard to get first row or what. Yeah, I can never find them. Yeah, I wonder what the price difference would be for from the second row to the first row because it seems like the first, you know the glass row is highly sought after. You'd think. Yeah. I think a lot of companies own it. Yeah, it like you sense. can never get it. Yeah. It's like the first row in front of me was just that girl and her boyfriend, and then like yeah. ten empty seats. <laughs> so as soon as they, as soon as when they left. <laughs> I basically was sitting in a first row, but not up against the glass. No one was in front of me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know how much they are. You can never get them. You have yeah. to, like, win those. Or, like, somehow get your company to get them or something. Well, I yeah. guess, I'm, guess I'm going to win them, then. You better win them. <laughs> I don't know. You can look on StubHub, but yeah. I can never get them. Anyways, what do we got? Well, we have uh, maybe two topics. We'll talk briefly. There's this new study that came out. What about what happens before that, though? Before that? Before our topic of the week. Oh, yeah. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to Don't talk... jump too far ahead. We got to talk about what happened this past week in the world. We'll briefly talk about the... Very briefly. First yeah. 10 days of December with no precipitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and lead it, Ben. Oh, man. Since um, I don't remember much... Well, I remember this week. Well, yeah, man. That's all we have to talk about, really. Yeah, Let's basically. See, our last precipitation event was the... Just after the last podcast was recorded, during the Broncos game, when we had our snow event, oh, where we yeah. got, I forget how many inches. I think we only yeah. got a half an inch of Boulder, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was our last precip, and that was, I don't know, and that November was the, 30th, I think? And that, Yeah, that was the night of uh, when the yeah, Broncos yeah. played the Patriots, and it was snowing on the field for most of the game. Yep. How many inches... I wonder how many inches Denver got that game. I think I looked it up, and it was between two and three inches. So, it's kind yeah. of what we were thinking for our forecast. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. We pretty... needed to be some banded, heavy bands. Yeah, it was a pretty good band there. Um, so that was more towards the bullseye in the in the Denver area, maybe the Palmer Divide, or yeah, I don't it? know. There wasn't yeah. really any bullseyes. Yeah, as far as I know. I guess when it's two to three inches, yeah. it was just kind of a everywhere. Denver South area yeah. has got kind of two to four, right? Except for yeah. Boulder, we were on yeah. the fringe. We didn't really get in, in on this. That's no, no, not much. But then, yeah, then we had an entire last week was dry, 
And this week, too. And this week. This 60s. week's four days down this week. And this yeah. week's been really warm and a lot of windy nights, windy days, especially, well, mainly where I live. Apparently, in Boulder, Boulder proper, maybe it's not it, not been as windy. I mean, it's windy, but I wouldn't yeah. say it's crazy. Well, but just right around clockwork this week, it's been like you can get home from work six or eight o'clock at night. It starts getting windy again. You know, just like repeats itself. We had something on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Not tonight because we have, I guess, the yeah. tran- transition period. But, but yeah, just it's kind of been like clockwork. Just this this pattern reminds me of when I first moved here. The first the first fall winter that I experienced here, where we had it seems like we were getting the downslope flow day by day by day and then you you would uh you would take that away and then would come a snowstorm and then it would be replaced by the westerly downslope again yeah which is kind of surprising because uh they usually say you get more downslope events in la nina years right and we seem we've gotten a a decent number so far so far like a handful of them Mm -hmm. i would say i wouldn't say up to this point not that um, that's a lot, but yeah, I wouldn't say up to this point we the season at least in the in the so far in the fall has really resembled an El Nino that much. Yeah, it looks like it's starting to ramp up on the west coast. Yeah, yeah, definitely on the west coast, but it seems like the rest of the country. I mean, I it's going to trend really... towards us though. Yeah, I mean, just recently been getting hectic in the northern California. Yeah, yeah. So, who knows? Time will tell. But yeah, we've, I don't know. I mean, we've had downslope, but it's more just like zonal flow more than any kind of crazy pressure gradients. That's true. Driving windstorms. Yeah. Just kind of a jet streak overhead, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Just straight westerly flow. (laughs) Come on, trough. Uh, Build and dig. <laughs> looks it like look promising though for a more active pattern. In the weekend, starting weeks of, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And next week. We'll probably snow when I go home for Christmas. I'll be like, no, no. So, <laughs> so my girlfriend, she would always tell me about <laughs> yeah. these moments where the forecast, you know, there would be a snow forecast for two inches across Denver and Boulder. And they instead would receive like over a foot. I'm still waiting for that moment to occur because ever since I've lived here, there's always been over forecast, but there's never been under. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen under for or an over forecast. No, <laughs> under forecast, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe the uh, the February twenty twenty twelve or twenty twelve where we had. 24 inches oh, man. over two days maybe that was under forecasted yeah i can't remember what they had i don't remember either but it was a lot so that was awesome yep i was out of town <laughs> and peter was out of town too he oh, always man. he's like i missed it man i missed that thing <laughs> <laughs> that's so true and i didn't even know what snow was back then <laughs> but he told me about a storm in the early 2000s that like People were people's cars were stranded on thirty six. Like 
It was so much snow. Yeah. So I mean, I believe it. But... So he's he's seen bigger ones than I have, but yeah, you know that was a treat for me. I've never seen two feet, so not in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think people just didn't know back then. I'm sure I didn't know, but from from when my memory started, I didn't didn't see it. So what? two feet. Oh yeah. So I might just think people getting stuck on thirty six thirty years ago. Was it thirty years ago? No, this was like probably 2003 or 2005. 2005. Okay, that's just people being obnoxious. I don't know. That's just what he said. I don't know if you want to trust it, but... I don't uh, know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, what else? Yeah, what else happened this week? So, we had pretty warm temperatures. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I was thinking that we would be close to a record on Wednesday, but somehow the record was 74. (laughs) <laughs> Whoa! It was like really high compared to the other records surrounding Goodness it. Gracious! Like the mm-hmm. other records for the rest of the week were like sixty nine. Um, but Wednesday was seventy four, so we didn't really have a chance at that. <laughs> and I think we ended up getting to sixty seven. Didn't we have some cloud cover that day too? Yeah, that was the thing. It, we had no almost very limited solar heating. Yeah. Every day this week, pretty much, it was pretty general high to mid to high level clouds. Imagine, imagine had we, I know, had clear skies on any of those days, <clears throat> what our temperatures would have been. Yeah, and I would, even then, on top of that, if we would have actually had like a warm air mass in place beforehand. Oh yeah, because you know we were just coming out of a cold spell, and then That's we got true. some downslope warming, but we never got really any kind of ridge before that i don't know but yeah it was surprising how i mean not surprising but we got pretty warm Mm -hmm. for being how cloudy it was like matt said yeah yeah i was uh trying to see what the official temperature was but keep going at noah on monday i always run into nazette who's the mic the weather service in boulder but uh i think i was coming out of the bathroom and then she was going to the bathroom and she's like you're wearing shorts but uh but uh she's <laughs> like are? she's like tomorrow it's supposed to be you know 60 you know i'm like well i'll definitely be wearing shorts then. <laughs> but uh yeah she she was talking about how we're not supposed to be this warm and uh she was talking about maybe we might get close to the to the record or something but i don't yeah. know what it was on tuesday i, I don't know Nope, there's no hope. So, <laughs> we only so the official high on Wednesday was 68. She's been here for a couple of years. She should she should know by now that that Colorado's weather is unpredictable yeah. during this time of the year. Yeah, she should. I guess. I don't think it's shocking that, to get into the 60s. Not at all. 70s is a little another story. Yeah, but. yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but I mean, 68. Yeah. So there's a lot of standard deviation in the winter. That's true. That's I mean, true. I'd say more than, more than the summer. Before. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, who knows? We were, well, 22 degrees above normal. <laughs> so, that puts the average high at 46. Wow. So, two yeah. more weeks and we'll be trending up. Yeah. <laughs> Coldest day of the year is New Year's. That's true. Climatologically. That's true, yeah. <laughs> We usually tend to get our cold snaps in like January to early February. Yeah. Yep. The colder air comes then, but you can also have really warm, much warmer days. That's oh yeah, true. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, seventies in January is 
Yeah. It always more common than December. Yeah. It always seems like whenever I come back from the holiday, <laughs> whenever I come back from the holidays, it's like single digits or oh, really? below zero, which is yeah. great. But yeah. well, la- let's see. Last year on New Year's Eve, when I came back in town from Alabama, I I think the temperatures were in the fifties in New Orleans, and I came back to five degrees in downtown Denver uh-huh. just in time for the wow. for the New Year's Eve and new year's day celebration with for the fireworks and whatnot and then the next day i picked ben up at the airport That's and right. we proceeded to uh a blind windshield <laughs> because right. because my windshield was covered in magnesium chloride yeah that is just drenched on the road due just to uh to melt the ice yeah so, was it actively snowing i forget no, it wasn't even snowing that day. Oh, it was just snow-packed roads? It, or not even snow-packed not roads? Not even snow-packed roads, just mad chloride-covered roads. Oh. <laughs> All right. And it just get on my windshield, and at that point, my uh, my windshield wipers were ineffective and were covered in ice, and there was no wiper fluid coming out of my, um, out of my, you know, out of the dispensaries of, of wiper fluid, and... And so that wasn't helping clear out the magnesium chloride, and so my my windshield was just fogged up. So as I was taking Ben back to his place here in Boulder, um, yeah, I was driving literally blind for most of the way. And then we pulled to the side of the road, and, and we got some snow off the side off the shoulder. And we proceeded to. Like, wipe off my windshield with snow. <laughs> yeah, what a great idea. <laughs> we made it the rest of the way until I could clean off the, the windshield wiper at a gas station. I'm pretty sure there was, like, a localized snowman or something that had just, like, finished? I think, yeah. Like near the airport or something? Because, like, once we got so far, the roads were fine. We definitely got some snow. During, during, you know, during mm-hmm. the evening hours before I came to pick you up. Because I picked you up, I think, at around, right around midnight. Or close to midnight. Oh, yeah. Brutal. And, uh... Yeah. Oof. Best driving I've ever done. By far. Yeah? That's, <laughs> that was pretty superb. When you got there, yeah. I was like, thank God we're alive. <laughs> <laughs> thank God a Prius didn't cut us off and slam on the brakes. Exactly. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Had I only had I only had a Google car at that point. It's true. Right on, right, right on. on. Um, yeah. What else do we got for the weather? So we had a high wind warning in effect for the foothills last night, right? Yeah, overnight last night. So that would have been Wednesday. The Wednesday, yeah, yeah, the ninth. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it really got as strong as they were expecting. I don't think it reached criteria for the winners, or the wind warning. But I saw their, their Facebook page for the National Weather Service posted, like, a wind gust map, or recorded gusts. Right. To, like, try and say they verified a little bit. I think there was, like, a 70 mile an hour gust somewhere. I don't know what data they were using. Like, like they made their own map. <laughs> or something. <laughs> hmm. But I don't know. I got like 
40 mile an hour gusts yeah at my place i probably had 45 maybe 50 whoa maybe briefly but impressive but, How do you know that? Uh, well i mean usually when it gets really windy you can hear the rafters in my in the building and usually that means it's pretty windy at least when my old apartment i don't know green when it would at spanish towers it would be yeah. you'd yeah, hear the thing real. like whoosh, it'd be like a tornado coming through but I, I would hear that sound like when people say like a a tornado like being in one feels like a train you know i could hear that last night it was like this whoosh, you oh know, right, just like, right. Mm-hmm. and you just know it's windy i mean you yeah. just look at the trees even though like this huge pine tree in like mm-hmm. in front of my place it was even like shaking quite a bit so yeah, I'm not gonna argue that. <laughs> Older airport, 46 miles per hour. So yeah, probably close to 50 then. Yeah. Since I'm pretty close to the airport. Yeah, and in uh, Longmont, our winds were significantly lower. I'd say consistently in the 20s. So um, yeah, it's a 20 miles per hour less than you guys. Yeah. And Carfoot Hills, 37 miles an hour. Yeah, that's interesting. It must have like, must have been a. Uh, some somewhat of a stable layer in Boulder, but maybe more on. Uns- well, maybe more. I don't know. Maybe the hydraulic maybe the hydraulic jump is take is taking shape before it reaches. Uh, maybe it like overshot Boulder and then yeah, descended. I don't know. I don't know. Cause I can tell you. Because it was definitely windier at Boulder Air, windier at Boulder Airport, like you said, compared yeah. to the NCAR Mesa. So, well, that not that much bigger, but you know, NCAR Mesa was higher wind gusts though. Oh, okay. But just by one miles an hour. So I don't know. Maybe there's something. All right, let's see what you got. I'm gonna see what your neighbor measured on his wind measurements. Well, I definitely <laughs> find it. I definitely find it interesting that you know there there are some evenings where Boulder will experience downslope winds. Mm-hmm. And Longmont won't experience anything. Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely heard that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense though. Longmont's further away from the mountains. Exactly. So by so by the time, you know, the the downslope winds have reached Longmont, perhaps they've you know, they've ascended above the surface at that point. Yeah. And have been well, they just mi- restored they just mix by gravity. Out. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. But yeah, in terms of, can you also get it the other way around? Can you get windier conditions eastward compared to Boulder? Maybe, mm. maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That would be difficult to do from a downslope event. I would think. Yeah, I mean, it'd have to be something with the stability of the low layer, low levels. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, probably. But yeah, so yeah, we've kind of been in a pretty warm and dry pattern. I would say for much of december but it looks like it's all going to change as early as tomorrow which you'll by the time you listen to this podcast it'll be post snow but (laughs) (laughs) yep gotta get our forecast finalized for tomorrow yeah but yeah it's good to see the end of the dry period it was nice to be able to i don't know try get in your car and not even be cold (laughs) <laughs> don't have to wear gloves ever. Very true. Don't have to wear hats. Can wear shorts and not even think about being wear cold. Wear shorts. <laughs> That's the important one. Yep. Yeah. It was nice to eat lunch outside every day <laughs> on the deck. <laughs> yeah, you won't be able to do that Monday. 
Maybe. I don't know. Well, you could. You, you could. would just be cold. Yeah, you'd just be cold and sitting in snow. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So One day I, I might see a warm-up. I mean, you could eat lunch if you were wearing a ski jacket and ski pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a, some gloves and a hat. With some gloves and a hat. <laughs> Earmuffs, you know. You what, if, what if you're eating a burger, though? You can't really... Dude, they make special burger gloves. Really? Yeah, they're, like, grease-resistant. You can use You could just take the gloves off, eat it, and then put the gloves back on. Gloves <laughs> for everything in these days. Yeah, they have, like, tips on the fingers. You can stick your fingers on. Yeah, I know. Touch your burger. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh... Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really not that much to talk about over the last week. Yeah, so. well, I'm sure we'll have more come next week yeah i think so in theory we'll have something better to talk about but yeah moving westward a little bit the Ooh. a big i would say a big storm system kind of hit the northwest the west coast of the u.s i would say this week it was big and it also just didn't move really yeah it just kept pummeling the west coast with lots of rainfall and high mountain snows above like 12,000 feet, which is a good, which is good for the West Coast. They need it. and uh, Desperately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any big storm they can get, they'll gladly take. Yeah. But up to that point, they really haven't had much. Well, at least from an ENSO impact, like sure. you mentioned. Yeah. It's really starting to ramp up, it looks like. So, that'll be good. Hopefully it will transition into Boulder. We can get... Get that foot of snow that you want, Steiner. Three feet of snow. Three feet, okay. <laughs> I'll go for that, yeah. <laughs> Anything else with the uh, the past week before we go on to our uh, topic of the week? Um, I was just bringing up the rainfall totals. For, wow. Wow. <laughs> From the uh, Pacific Northwest. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. There's pretty much huge areas that got more than 10 inches wow like the whole coast <laughs> there's areas over 20 inches in the olympics olympic mountains in the coastal range of oregon wow on the olympic peninsula too well it's not really surprising that that area generally does get a lot oh yeah I mean, whenever the flows like this yeah temperate rainforest yeah on the olympic peninsula yep <laughs> so over 150 inches a year <laughs> so, pretty intense they got 20 this week <laughs> but yeah I don't know if we had any verification of the big snows we were thinking or that they were projecting yeah they were 10 to 15 feet on yeah. Mount Rainier <laughs> yeah. jeez that would be like avalanche craziness yeah, yeah. it would I wouldn't want to be going up there imagine a boulder receive 10 feet of snow in a week Oh man! What would that do to this area? Shut it down, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, CU would still be open. But... <laughs> yeah, it would still be open. That's very true. <laughs> Noah, they'd be close. <laughs> I think it really that kind of stuff happens anywhere that's largely populated. I think the closest thing I've heard to such heavy snowfall totals was Buffalo. Oh, yeah. About a year ago when they received such intense lake effect snow. And it was yeah. so localized. But it hit the city of Buffalo. It covered Buffalo's football stadium for the Buffalo Bills. 
and they had to cancel the game because there was too much snow on the turf. I mean, they I, I think it. I think they received like eight feet of snow in a week. Wow, <laughs> that's your dream. That's my dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the same it, thing happened about ten years ago in Buffalo. Yeah, I remember they got like seventy-five inches and. Oh yeah, I remember that. It was like seven feet in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like lake effects. It's gonna be highly localized. It's just heaven. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Ten or twenty miles wide and but forty yeah. miles long. But yeah, the only problem with that is you have to make sure to get the snow off your roof, otherwise Absolutely. it'll probably cave in. It would easily. <laughs> yeah, you don't want ten feet of snow in your what is that? It's uh ten inches of water, so Per square inch or whatever. Yeah, and then I don't know what that would be in weight, but <laughs> depending on what the snow water equivalent is. Yeah, lake effect's pretty high. Yeah, that's true. It's usually right around like six to one or eight to one or something. It's convective snow. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know. Probably <laughs> seven or eight to one. But who knows? Yep. You guys see the crazy storm that hit Iceland? No. No. I mean, it's on a similar note. It apparently closed down like ninety nine percent of the roads in the country <laughs> because of blo- there was hur- like hurricane force blizzard winds and stuff. And oh man! Wow. There was like I don't know rocks blowing and shutting down roads. Huh. Iceland, man, not a place you want to live. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The Blue Lagoon. I thought Iceland was green and Greenland was ice. Good one. <laughs> what are you insinuating, Andy? <laughs> it was just kind of a joke that I always heard. Uh, yeah. Greenland's ice and Iceland's green. <laughs> it's true. Which, Iceland is green, but not in the it's winter, green. I guess. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, switch them. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, call Iceland Greenland. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been like a crazy North Atlantic storm. It must have been, yeah. I forget the pressure levels. It was like 975 millibars. I mean, I think it was lower than that, but that moved. That's what they recorded in Iceland. I guess That's pretty strong. <laughs> As it moved yeah. overhead or nearby. Yeah. Hmm. So it was pretty intense. That will generate wind. <laughs> that will do it. <laughs> it will do it. Speak, yeah. Speaking of that area, like if you go like south of Greenland, I don't know, I have this like weird hobby now where I just check the the sea ice on my lunch break not every day I just, it's just kind of interesting uh-huh. but uh there's like the sst anomalies are anomalously cold just south of greenland and like like west of iceland like one degree or uh, like i don't know but i mean <laughs> Those anomalies are always so nice. i'm wondering if that'll play a role in the storm track this winter or not i don't mm. know it should Anytime you get sea ice where it's not supposed to be, yeah, gonna be significantly limiting moisture, yeah, content, yeah, systems, yeah. So yeah, interesting. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. It's not gonna impact us, but nope, nope. Iceland, <laughs> southern Greenland, Iceland, Norway, <clears throat> over there too, yeah. Sweden. The ice really doesn't penetrate to the North Atlantic very far. No, not much. I mean, it's just too warm. Mm-hmm. Too warm. Like a Gulf Stream. Gulf Stream plays a huge role in that. As we, as we know, I mean, they have the, they have that thermohaline circulation belt that, that conveyor belt that essentially mm-hmm. transports warm water to the north. Yeah, so it's not good for sea ice. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. You know, I mean, yeah, pretty much. 
like hugs the coast of Greenland mm-hmm. for one reason or another. I guess another. I guess the cold air coming off the Greenland. Yeah. Makes it possible for ice to form. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and my obsession with like sea oh, ice. Um, like, I came across this one paper that showed like different phases of the Pacific Decadal Oscillation, mm-hmm. and the basically the spatial spatial orientation of the ice at different phases of say enso pdo which seem to be kind of well the current trend right now seems to be matching up with their study because like they showed in the in like a warm phase you tend to get more ice penetrating south across alaska and that's what we're seeing now and well south across alaska well it penetrates more into the Bering Sea and the okay. Chuk- Chukchi Sea, which is like like near Barrow, Barrow, okay. Alaska. And that's because generally they found that like in the warm phases you get like an anti-cyclone like north of Alaska. Mm. It basically kind of sloshes all that ice to yeah. the south. But the winds are constantly pushing the ice around. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. That's kind of interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Barrow gets like full sea ice every year though. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or no. <laughs> but yeah, whereas the other in the warm phase in the opposite to the east, mm-hmm. like like north of Norway and Sweden, you don't get much. So you have this difference in the sloshing of the ice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. But yeah, I guess that kind of goes into our uh, topic of the week, actually. Topic of the week. Topic of the week. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. Who's leading the way? I guess it's my turn. It's been my turn for like months. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be my turn next week. But uh, yeah, so the past few years, maybe you have heard on the news this term polar vortex. Oh, the polar vortex. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to talk about basically why the media has probably hijacked this term and they're not actually, we're not, what, like, that we're not actually experiencing this polar vortex over the u.s we're seeing the effects of this of the we're seeing the effects of the vortex but the vortex is not actually penetrating into the u.s like the media would make you believe (laughs) sounds good doesn't it the media they didn't just hijack the term (laughs) they tossed it around abused it (laughs) yeah until people got sick of hearing it (laughs) yep oh the polar vortex again I'm not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think five years ago, no one knew what a polar vortex even was. And now maybe it's more than true. That, and like now that. they still don't know what it is. <laughs> now but yet they, they bring it up like it's, you know, a common term. Yeah. So we'll basically kind of give you an overview of what is the polar vortex, um, what de- influence does it have on the U.S. in terms of temp- <clears throat> in terms of temperatures and circulation anomalies. And yeah, so okay. the first thing should probably be what is a polar vortex? So they can be defined as basically, so when when the uh, polar night starts to take hold, say in October or late September, yep. um, so no sunlight reaches basically, I, I don't know what latitude it has been, but what? well, when you start to see, well, what's what the Arctic Circle? Yeah, yeah. Arctic so that's the north, and a half. sixty-six and a half northward. I think it is. Sixty-seven yeah. and a half. Is it sixty-seven? 
It's one of those. So from sixty-seven, yeah. No, maybe you're right. So yeah, it's sixty-six. Yeah, now. so mid sixties degrees north latitude to the pole, ninety degrees north, you get basically no sunlight for a large portion of the winter. Exactly. Yeah. And that leads to very strong cooling, both at the surface but also in the high up in the atmosphere, which is called the stratosphere. Um, and so it just gets very cold. Um, and so you tend to get, what happens is it gets very cold, the temperature gradient between the pole and the mid latitudes or even the tropics, that gradient is strengthened. Right. Yeah. The tropics are always the same temperature. Yeah. And the pole gets significantly colder than normal. Yeah. The rest of the year then there's the gradient. There's the gradient. Yeah. So basically that means you get a really strong polar night jet, they call it, which basically means a westerly westerly wind which can exceed 200 knots. Right. And that's where we get the term the polar jet stream, right? Yeah. 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 And you also have a subtropical jet which is kind of morally momentum driven across the tropics yes. in yeah. middle latitudes. Whereas the polar jet is more thermally driven. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, so you get this really strong jet that develops, and that's coupled with this polar vortex, which is this really kind of maybe blob of really cold air that's kind of basically north of, basically huh, that covers around the Arctic Circle, north yeah. north of 60 degrees north. And um, it rotates there, and... Um, through the winter, but it also modulates in terms of its strength. So you can get these large-scale planetary waves, which are driven by ocean, atmosphere, well, ocean and land temperature contrast, as well as the mountains effects. And these waves uh, propagate vertically from the troposphere to the stratosphere. And some of these waves, when they reach the 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 polar region and when they propagate vertically i want, I want uh, we mean that they reach the upper stratosphere so we're talking about like over 40 kilometers altitude so 25 miles yes 25 miles so okay. very high up so these planetary waves they basically act to decelerate the polar night jet and so you can basically weaken the polar vortex in certain and they call these um these outbreaks which happen every other two or three years um stratospheric sudden warmings which basically can do two things it can either displace the polar vortex away from the polar cap which is around 90 degrees north or it can essentially you know weaken it altogether and you'll get more of an anti-cyclone so a high pressure instead of a really strong low pressure system and so that what that what that indicates is that like in these warmings the polar region can warm as much as 40 degrees kelvin in a matter of days so you can really see a sharp increase in the temperature and hmm. so why why does that even matter well because the past few years we've seen a lot of cold air outbreaks especially across the midwest and the 
the East Coast. Right. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Wait, people live there, right? Uh-oh. Maybe. There's maybe. a lot of people in the East Coast. There. Listen up, folks. That's the part of the country that matters. So when the polar stratosphere um, warms, the it takes roughly – so studies have shown that the anomalies in the polar stratosphere, so really high up in the atmosphere, can penetrate to the surface at around – three weeks or so so you start to see the anomaly in the stratosphere and you can track that um roughly three weeks later you'll get an anomaly in the surface not always you don't always get that so there can be cases where you can get an an anomaly in the stratosphere which doesn't reach the surface and there's a lot of papers trying to understand that so i'm not going to talk about that today (laughs) that's a little too complex (laughs) But uh, so basically when that happens, um, so when you weaken the polar vortex and um, you're, ac- you're actually going to, so you're decelerating the polar jet and what that means is the cold air is not going to be confined to the polar region. So it's mm-hmm. basically going to kind of inch its way southward mm-hmm. into southern Canada more meanders meanders yeah it's a better term I guess. into the midwest great lakes in the united states in the united yeah. states depending on the track of the circulation anomalies where it goes but so basically that goes into what what you're seeing ter- <laughs> so this is the mechanism that causes our, the 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 polar jet stream to take dips into the United States and create ridges above us. Yeah. Not really above us, but to the north of us. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and they basically call these cold air outbreaks. You know, that's a classic term. Or Arctic blast. Or polar vortex. Polar vortex. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question. Sure. So, did you say the vortex itself is a low-pressure system? I would say so. Well, I would say at certain levels. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is it like a surface high? I would say it's a surface. upper level low? I would say surface high and then upper level low. I think. I mean, that would be... Yeah, yeah, because a a stratospheric... It's a normal high pressure. Yeah, because a stratospheric warming would lead to an anticyclone in the upper stratosphere. So basically yeah. a reversal of that thing. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, when you see the poor, you know, when you see the really cold air come down, it's always, like, some kind of crazy high pressure. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that that's the polar vortex, but <laughs> it's cold air. <laughs> Don't say that word. So, yeah, they basically define the polar vortex as pretty much confined to north of 60 degrees north. So it never actually reaches the u.s contrary to what the media wants to tell you what you're seeing is the effects of whether the vortex is strengthening or weakening and basically that meandering of the cold air around around the around the arctic circle that is basically so cold because of no sunlight so yeah that's kind of so we haven't seen the polar vortex arrive yet this year (laughs) we haven't yeah we haven't seen any real cold air not it's like been, sub-zeros yeah. <laughs> 20 below like that one year yeah oh yeah i think 
Yeah. Uh, 11? I think... Well, 2013 even. Yeah. I mean, when I, mean, when it I was... was cold. The first... Yeah, the first fall that I was here, I think November, it was one night where the low was minus 18, almost minus November? 20. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I recall that time because oh, it, yeah. was, it was the first time I, I could ever, like, feel my nose hairs due to the, <laughs> due to the bitter cold. It was insane. That's wow, a, there's something in there. That's, yeah. impressive. <laughs> that's, impre- that's impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> um, yeah. Studies, studies show that um, the warm phase of ENSO actually can lead to more stratospheric warmings. So... Time will tell whether this winter will do it, but um, that would mean we tend to get maybe some more cold air outbreaks. Well, Go not against climatology, though. Not necessarily cold air outbreaks, but just a weaker vortex. And whether those anomalies penetrate to the surface is another story. But um, climatology, you were saying? Just that during La Nina years, you tend to get more cold snaps. Yeah, there's probably other mechanisms I mean, involved, yeah. I mean, there's definitely other mechanisms. But it's inter- it's interesting, though, because so basically what you're saying is whenever, whenever the polar vortex is strong, it maintains its positioning. Yeah, and, and keeps then, keeps all the cold air north of us. Right. I mean, that's exactly what happens in the South Pole. Yeah. The cold air is really extremely confined Yeah. to mm-hmm. Antarctica and just the very southern part of the Southern Ocean. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it doesn't tend to meander hardly at all, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have less land-sea contrast, like you said, to fire off those stratospheric warming events, probably, I would imagine. Yeah, not much mountains either. Yeah. So, yeah. They, yeah, they, they... stop at 40 degrees south or something? Maybe yeah, even lower yeah, than yeah. that? Yeah. Southern tip of South America? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. So they, they don't find many warmings in the southern hemisphere as opposed to the northern hemisphere. It's much more active in the north, Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, it does. Just the latitude bands in the southern hemisphere are much more uniform. Yeah, yeah. And Antarctica is just basically <laughs> confined all alone up down south. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, if you really want to get a polar vortex, go to Antarctica. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll be right in it, yeah. Right <laughs> in it. No way you're getting out of it. <laughs> and, of course, the polar vortex never actually, you know, it's all in the upper atmosphere, so it's not in the surface. Um, as Ben said, it's mostly this, you know, cold dome of high pressure, you know, called like an Arctic high pressure. That's know? the effect you'd be feeling at the surface. Yeah, that's what you would see at the surface, yeah. And it's not going to come off from the higher latitudes and move straight over the United States and just rotate around <laughs> just the United States, folks. We've seen the graphics. <laughs> We've seen the news graphics. We're trying to create better habits here. Use this term less. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of what I was going to say. And any other comments or questions or thoughts? feelings i think you've covered it i I don't have too much to add i just know that when the polar vortex was i don't know what year was that 2013 yes the big year 
It was funny. I just pretty much ignored it. And just <laughs> any time I heard anything, anybody say that or read that in an article, I just like turned it off or closed it. <laughs> I face palmed and SMH shook, shook my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all you can do when you're. Yeah. You see that kind of stuff. So if you're listening to this podcast and the media starts talking about a polar vortex later this winter, you can you can tell your friends that it's not the actual vortex. It's, like... <laughs> it's just media trying to get likes just and clicks. Media hype. <laughs> Which I can sort of understand it because it's it, it sort of like gets their ratings up, but it also yep. maybe emphasizes the cold air. Like when you like when the weather service forecast is like high winds yeah they say hurricane force instead of right. instead of you know high winds or something like that although i must say uh that does bring up a yeah. story of, of mine one time when i was working at uh in lafayette louisiana at my uh private weather job alert weather services um this one time i uh i issued a i issued a forecast for the gulf for the uh the gulf of mexico uh oil rigs that i was responsible for and mm-hmm. there was a squall i'm moving through and by the way this was an el nino year mm-hmm. not as strong as this one but <laughs> still one and oh yeah it, and it looked more like an el nino because you had gulf flows forming every two to three days off of the module off the uh-huh. madres of mexico mm-hmm. but in this one particular <laughs> forecast uh, there was there there was a squall line projected to move across the Gulf of Mexico, and it was supposed to produce gusts up to hurricane force winds. Mm, so I okay. used that terminology in the forecast. Oh, and everyone emailed us asking, "What you're, you're talking about hurricane force winds here for 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 how long <laughs> are we talking about this?" And and right then and there, I knew I had made a mistake. Uh, yep. You tried to use the catchy phrase. T- tried to use a catchy phrase that sounded really smooth, and it came back to bite me. Uh, so you had to answer a lot of phone calls? So I had to... Well, I didn't because my shift was over, but oh, my boss did. The guy had, to <laughs> had a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, so instead of saying that, I should have just said, expect severe thunderstorms with gusts upwards of 75 miles per hour which are hurricane force winds don't get me wrong true but whenever you hear a term like hurricane it's just like anything else people take it and roll with it yeah i don't know is that really true though hurricane force winds i mean you could say like tornado force winds but (laughs) i don't know why they say i don't know why they say (laughs) (laughs) but a hurricane could be what a category one, like seventy miles an hour. Yeah, but that's yeah the minimum. Now. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I it's guess. not sustained, I don't think you should say hurricane force winds. An F five tornado force winds, but like <laughs> it's like, but it, it's I like get the oil rig. Well, <laughs> I don't get him in a tiff. You guys better leave now. <laughs> but it's like tornado force, like better emphasizing than hurricane force. I mean, I think hurricane forces, but. Well, no one says tornado forcing. I know, but I'm just tornado saying. Wonder why they chose hurricane force over something else. Well, you never yeah. heard gale force. Chinook force winds. Or <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna say? I don't know. Just gale force winds. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a little bit more common. That's like 40 that's miles true. per hour or something. Yeah, but no one says that unless they're by the ocean. Yeah, and the, I would say yeah. the random person on the street wouldn't know what gale force is. You shouldn't really say hurricane force winds unless you're by the hurricane. 
the yeah. coastline either. <laughs> I don't hear. I, I guess no one really says it here. I guess when I said that it was, you know, mo- most of the general public would receive it as more of a uh, a scary thought. Yeah, I, I think guess that's, the last thing yeah. you really want to do is scare anyone, especially your customers. Yeah, yeah. That you're responsible for. That was a bad call, man. Yeah, it's my fault. I mean... Lesson learned on that one. Hurricane Force is a little ambiguous, too. <laughs> Could have been like, like Andy said, Category 3 hurricane. All right, the wind's going to go somewhere but, between 75 right, so, and 230. But the weather, the weather service uses it all the time now. Right. Really? So should I, I see that. So should I have just said winds upwards of a, of a Category 1 hurricane? <laughs> well, then... The, you should just say a speed. Be, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I don't I, think I, that. I don't think the public would know what a category one is. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't unless, even know what a category unless, one is. Well, you know, well seventy-four months. Seventy-something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. You're right, though. In the end, I mean, there. Whenever you use the word, it just sounds worse. Yeah. So it gets the same thing. Gets the public ready for you know. Gets them more alert, I guess. Yes. Take shelter or something like that. So. Good news. Good news. We yeah. have one more quick topic before the we get head out. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyone else want to lead this? Uh, well, basically, there was a study in the American Meteorological Society journal that just came out, <laughs> yeah, showing the probability of a white Christmas. The white which, Christmas article. Hmm. Where are we in this? I think maybe go back a little bit. Back. Okay. I mean, to the closer to the front. Oh, okay. <laughs> basically, this for, was for those curious. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Boulder was sitting pretty much at a. Do you have the maps? The Boulder had about a fifty percent chance of having snow on the ground for Christmas. Yeah, which I guess is what I'd expect. I don't know. Maybe a little bit high. And so this study was based on having point zero point one inches of snow on the ground. So it's nothing, you know, your kids can make snowmen with. <laughs> but it's technically snow on the ground. Yep. But that's interesting they did point one because I've always seen these type of studies done with one inch. That's true. That's true. But I guess they wanted to be more catchy or flashy. <laughs> they can have higher percentages now. Yeah. But yeah, Boulder was basically 50, around 50%, and Denver was closer to 25%. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then you get up into the foothills and the mountains, and you're pretty much over 100%. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the mountains. Yeah, so they basically compiled data from, which is like daily snow reports, as mm-hmm. well as like 24-hour snowfall totals, basically from 1981 to 2010. What was uh, our? I thought I I used to read that there was like a twenty five percent chance that it would actually be snowing on Christmas. Is that in there? For Boulder? Yeah. Uh, like that there's actually like white stuff falling from the sky. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The probability of a snowfall. What are we at? Um, doesn't have one for Boulder. It has like a map. What are we on the map? Well, it has I'd like twenty five percent. Yeah, it's between twenty five and fifty. Oh really? Wait, the same one? Yep. It's probably close to 50. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's that's um, probability of snow on the ground. Hold yeah, on. I think you're looking at the wrong one. Okay. It should be lower. 
Yeah, so this says the probability of at least 0.1 inches of snowfall falling on the 25th of December, Ooh. which Uh-oh. is basically the entire country has a low probability. Well, 1%? Well, it's Even between... Florida? Well, Florida... <laughs> Florida, 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 Florida is like less than 5. Um, wow. That's, that's, that's even that's, high. That's higher than I would have But basically, the highest areas that you would expect... Well, Wait, the, whatever I say. The largest region... I'd say Montana. Yeah, western Montana. Okay. And then, like, Idaho, like Minnesota. Yep, northern Minnesota. Northern mm-hmm. Wisconsin. What about... Oh, I see. The, what about the, all the Great Lakes? <laughs> what about the Cascades or the Olympics? Those two. Yeah, yeah. Leeward of the... The Great Lakes. Are you saying they didn't use the best color scale? Could be <laughs> because better. Because the whole country's one color, and there's like a tiny area with another They could color. have uh, some more more intervals there. Yeah, I think it's not <laughs> the best color scale. But anyway, yeah, it's a low probability, except for the mountains in the in the upstate New York. And Do we really have the same probability as Florida? <laughs> no, Boulder has anywhere from 5 to 25% chance of getting snow. Okay. I whereas, think it was like around twenty five percent. Whereas Florida's like less than ago. Florida's like less than five. Or probably zero, probably well, actually. Well right now we're sitting at zero <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks till Christmas. Just so, for kids. Yeah, but then, just look at the models. But actually so um Steamboat Springs was in one of the on one of their studies. Okay. So which is one of the ski resorts in Colorado. And the, the probability <laughs> probability of snow depth in Steamboat Springs on Christmas is 98%. So it's a likelihood that you're going to see snow on the ground there, which makes sense. And it would have to be. Their median snow depth is 15 inches. The probability of getting snow on Christmas for Steamboat is 44%. So only slightly higher than boulder i would say but uh but if it does snow that would be a median snowfall of two inches so two wow so overall when you do get snow on christmas it's a low amount it looks like for a larger portion of these cities Uh, the highest is uh crater lake oregon four inches median so i guess i could see that i don't know i suppose so I mean, I mean, you know, every single year you have to take into account. Yeah. During for the for the sample size of of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you guys have for childhood memories of white Christmases? Um, Matt, zero. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> not true. Not true. Believe Mr. it or not, Mr. Alabama himself. Believe it or not. In believe it or not, <laughs> Ripley's believe it or not. Whoa! In 2004, Christmas Day, we received snow <laughs> that did not stick to the ground, but Ooh. stuck to my white Nissan Altima 1997, <laughs> and it stuck there all day long. Wow! Yeah, it was there. I kid you not. You had a car in 2004. I did. Were you even owned up the drive? <laughs> I was 19. Oh, man, that's right. I'm an old guy. That's right, you're pretty old. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Right, I was like, man, I wouldn't have a car then. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so it's, that was your one year? So that was my one... Were you, were you excited? Christmas where something got a white Christmas. 
but well, the ground was still great. That puts your statistics for your city at, like... We, that was the one year we got snow on Christmas Day, but, you know. And, and up to that point, I'd only seen snow about three prior... No, no, no. Two prior times in my life. One of them was the was the storm of the century 1993 in March mm-hmm. and the other one was in 1996 I want to say in December and other than that it had, I hadn't seen <laughs> snow until 2004 and then again in December 2008 but at that time I was living in Lafayette Louisiana and we uh, received a couple inches of snow man so but other than that you ever build a snowman on Christmas man that's sad no <laughs> sorry yeah just no, I mean I did I did build a large snowman during the storm of the century though. We got we got a few inches that that storm. Everybody got it in the east. <laughs> oh, I know. I think like, St. Louis zero people got to build snowmen <laughs> like, <that day. laughs> it's like even it's like even portions of Florida got snow that day. I mean that's that that cold front was so strong. Even places like Costa Rica were influenced by it. Like, they were receiving tornadoes, and they never get that. Wow. It'll happen again. It will one day. We can hope. We still have another <laughs> storm of the century to go for this century. It's true. Yeah. I haven't had it yet. <laughs> we don't think so. <laughs> Hopefully. That's right. But, yeah, so basically that study was showing that it's a higher probability of getting, or of seeing snow on the ground as opposed to there being snow falling on Christmas, which which makes sense. It's almost kind of like random chance in some sense, unless you're in the mountains or in the lakes. Right. I mean, it makes. I mean, it totally makes sense. I mean, it Basically, makes sense. It's like summer, it's like adding up the last four days that it could have snowed because it's going to stay in the ground for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, depending on where you live, I guess. But but in terms of like snowing actually on Christmas Day, could be like random chance. Well, sure. Because yeah. it's a low probability, right? Well, yeah. Just well, from the get-go, yeah. It has to snow on that day. Yeah. For the other case, you know, mm-hmm. it can Please. snow on multiple days. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. You, would you like to know that the current GFS run <laughs> for Christmas is... <laughs> what are we looking at? Um, I don't know. What's today's date? Storms- the, the temp? Little weak system moving through on Christmas Eve and storm of the century. A ridge on Christmas. We're talking three hundred forty-eight hours out. <laughs> so yeah, that is it's disappointing. Disapp- it's disappointing. It's now. very disappointing. It means nothing. Are you sure? Could still flip. Are you sure it means nothing? <laughs> I'm gonna remember this. And if there's a ridge, yeah, we should. We should. Boulder, Colorado on Christmas Day. In two, yeah, remember, I jinxed it. I'm going to be sad. <laughs> in two weeks when we record the podcast, we can look see if there's a ridge three days out. And I'll be in Alabama. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, but... Do we trust it? Wait, when do you guys... When do you leave? I leave on the 20th, and I'll be back on the 30th. So next week will be the last podcast of the year for you. Yes. Man, we're going to miss you for a whole year. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to do some do one next week. Oh, yeah. That'll probably be my last one of the year. Yeah, we could do a remote podcast. Could do a remote podcast. We could. Yeah. Yep. Um, from three different locations. <laughs> on Skype. On, on Skype. Ooh. Ooh. Three hundred 
484 hours out. <laughs> nah, I'm just looking at yesterday's GFS. Looks pretty similar for Christmas. Ridge. <laughs> well, at least like, there's a weak system moving through around the right time. So we'll at see. least at least the model runs are consistent, right? Yeah, pretty consistent. That's all you can ask for. <laughs> but in the near term, we can be hopeful for snow this weekend. Yeah, I would say it's a certainty. Oh yeah, I agree. A certainty. I mean, we'll definitely see snow. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I don't know about that much. Question. Yeah, the question is how much. Yeah, it doesn't look really large to me. But I think yeah. But it'll be good for the mountains. Yeah, mountains and the skiers will be happy. It'll be just arriving in time for the weekend. So yep. I'm sure there'll be some They'll be ready. Saturday will be a crazy mess up there in the mountains. Well it's not a good day to get skiing if you're we need to get some more snow. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. you see our we just dropped below our hundred percent snowpack. Oh we did? That makes like, sense. We just dropped below average. I mean, we were sitting at like 110% of average. Yeah, we need to and get back up there. Hasn't snowed in like 10 days, and now we're like at 90% of average something. Well, that's what happens. It melts. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 60s degrees will be melting some snow somewhere. Yes, it will. <laughs> at least in the lower parts of the mountains. Yeah, yeah. But we can hope. Anything else? That was a pretty short paper, so yeah. yeah. I guess we don't want to give that guy credit that wrote that article. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the two guys at NOAA. You could give him credit. Sure. <laughs> and the other article, too. Oh, uh, the other one. I don't know. I just kind of made that up. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't make, I didn't make it up. But... <laughs> he made the polar vortex up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy you should be blaming. Yeah. <laughs> Stirred all of this up for you. Um, yeah. Should be. Anything else? Christmas lights up. He's ready. Of course, the one side of the room doesn't match the other side of the room, but it's all right. <laughs> well, it looks great, man. It's it pretty sure good. Does. It looks festive. Yeah, yes, it so does. this was published this year by, oh man, I can't, well, I'll say their last names, Dury and Squires. All right, in the Bolton of American Meteorological Society. From Asheville, North Carolina. Nice. What school is that? Well, that's the NOAA. UNC NOAH, Asheville? The NOAA office there. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Asheville NOAA office. Actually, NSEP, yeah. NSEP's in Asheville? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, because I was, I was telling my friend Matt, the other Matt. Oh, yeah. He's He's got a job interview like an hour west of there. Yep. I was like, oh, that's where Asheville is. That's one of the one of the uh, meteorological laboratories. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you would care, but I think I mentioned it. Asheville? Interesting. That's actually a pretty area of North Carolina, too. So yeah. it is pretty if he, if he if he starts working there, he'll he'll enjoy it, I think. I think so. Yeah. North Carolina's alright. Been there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to live there though. My sister lives there. Oh yeah? Chapel Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like central, right? Near the UNC campus, yeah. Hmm. It's in it's near the city of Raleigh. Is that Duke? I don't know, UNC. Uh, UNC is Chapel Hill, Raleigh is NC State, and uh, Durham is Duke. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they kind of... Raleigh-Durham's like the same city. I guess they form a... Tri- well, they form a triangle, okay. the three cities. Hmm. It's all... like Raleigh-Durham Airport. Yeah. I remember I flew in there a couple times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, so... Well, yeah. Hopefully, see some snow on Christmas. Let's see it. Woo-woo. 
Well, hopefully I get it in St. Louis, not out here. Don't <laughs> <laughs> give us I'll be here. <laughs> but you'll, you'll definitely get it because I'm leaving. So. Oh, yeah. It'll be a like, blizzard this Everyone <laughs> gets snow on Christmas Day. This yeah. huge storm that just kind of like psh, tracks across the whole whole country. The whole country. It's happened drops before. snow all over. <laughs> it's my dream. It is my dream. You got lake effect in the Great Lakes. You get a storm hitting the Pacific Northwest. You got a trough over Colorado. You got a trough in the southeast. Digging into the southeast with some cold air moving down. Ooh. You got a hurricane hitting Hawaii with snowfall or something oh, like that. <laughs> Only about 12,000 feet, though. Screwing Steiner's <laughs> hurricane forecast. <laughs> oh, we should actually, um, briefly, Whoa. so um, what, what was the breakdown of the... Uh, or unless we could save this for next week's podcast. Ah, we should probably save it for next week. I'll, I'll have something better prepared, though. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Stay I'm tuned good for, for that. that. <laughs> My head's not in the tropics right now. But, okay. All right. Good podcast. Yep. Good job, guys. Yeah. Another epic podcast. Catch you guys See next you week. Yep. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Enjoy the snow. Woo.